Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat learning session by TBA rabbinic intern Yael Aronoff. Season one, episode three of Apple TV's new TV show, Extrapolations, is called The Fifth Question. Based in Miami in 2047, with an increase in climate change and a rapidly rising sea level, we spend the episode watching Rabbi Zucker, played by David Diggs of Hamilton fame, (laughs) trying to save a shul built in Miami 100 years earlier by Holocaust survivors from impending flooding that can only be helped if the government intervenes. After the Shabbat morning service towards the start of the episode, amidst preparations for Pesach and preparations for the bat mitzvah of a girl named Alana, Alana approaches Rabbi Zucker with the following question. Do you think the flooding is punishment for our bad behavior? Upon his rabbinic response to her question with a series of questions, she continues, he's angry. He has to be. If God made humans in his image, why do they suck? (laughs) Or did we just evolve into sucking? (laughs) To this, Rabbi Zucker responds, well, I think we all have the choice whether to suck or not. The Torah says that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That description of God must have been on Rabbi Zucker's mind because he must have been preparing for the Pesach services where we make that proclamation during the Torah service, as well as preparing for the Shabbat of Cholamoid Pesach, which would have been the following week for him, and which is where we find ourselves now. As we read in the Torah reading for today, those very words from Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, from today's excerpt of Parashat Kitisa, Adonai, Adonai, El Rachum Vechanun, Ve'emet. This description of God is a fundamental Jewish conception of God and arguably shapes the Jewish understanding of God as much as the declaration Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. And yet, in distinction from our fellow Abrahamic faiths, Christianity and Islam, Judaism is not a creedal religion, in the sense that one specific understanding of God does not affect a person's identity as a Jew. And so, we as Jews have a more expansive arena to explore our various authentically Jewish understandings of God, which can simultaneously add levels of complications, certainly plenty of questions, and hopefully richness. And so, as we continue to explore the God-related questions that are brought up in today's Torah reading, in the holiday of Pesach, and from another selection of our sacred texts I will share with you this morning, I invite you to imagine that I am using whichever name of God feels most meaningful to you today. And I'm going to offer some names of God in Hebrew, but of course, you can put any name of God in English or any language of your choosing that works for you today. So the Hebrew names of God you might want to sit with are El... Elohim, Adonai, Makom, Shaddai, Shekhinah, Ehyeh, Asher, Ehyeh. And if none of these seem to sit right with you today or in general, you are in good company with many as we continue to grapple with the ungrapplable. 
Because in the excerpt of Kitisa that we read today, we are reminded that however much we may yearn to know God on a deeper level, it seems that, as Rabbi Elliot Dorf puts it in the subtitle of his book, Knowing God, the best we can do is continue on the path of Jewish journeys to the unknowable. We read of Moshe on such a journey in today's excerpt of Kitisa, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 13, when he makes this request of God. Hodi'eni na et drachecha, which JPS translates as, pray, let me know your ways. And then, just a handful of verses later, Moshe continues this line of questioning in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, asking of God, Hareni na et kevodecha, which JPS translates as, oh, let me behold your presence. As ever, translating any verse from the Torah gives the translator the opportunity to put in their own interpretation. So whether Moshe is asking here to behold God's presence, or to see God's glory, or to see God, God's self, in this request, coupled with the request to know God's ways, we are invited into Moshe's journey to know in some way, shape, or form the unknowable God. In the two verses that follow Moshe's request to behold God's presence, we have God's response. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, God says to Moshe, Lo lirot et panai, ki lo ha'adam v'chai. Which JPS translates as, But you cannot see my face, for a human being may not see me and live. This verse may sound especially familiar if you heard Rabbi Klickfeld teach in Beitenu on March 11th about one of his favorite verses in the Torah. It's this verse. Rabbi Klickfeld shared with us all kinds of nuanced translations of this verse, and it is also worth repeating one of the many questions brought up in that discussion. Is Moshe actually asking God to see God's face? Or is Moshe asking something else? Whatever it is that Moshe is precisely asking, there is certainly a desire on Moshe's part to have some sort of deeper understanding of God, and God responds to Moshe that this will not be possible. I want to share two of the many commentaries Rabbi Klickfeld brought to us in his teaching. The Italian 15th, 16th century commentator Sforno shares the following interpretation of God's response, writing that what God is saying to Moshe is the following. Your inability to see what you would like to see is not due to my depriving you personally of such an experience, but it is rooted in humans' inability to see such things, as an eye of flesh and blood cannot see such things. The Moroccan 18th century commentator Orachayim explains God's response in a similar manner, noting, God meant that it was not God who withheld visual insights from Moshe, it was simply that being a mortal human being, a composite of flesh and spirit, made such a thing impossible. Both Sforno and Orha Chaim posit that God is not rejecting Moshe's request, rather that God is explaining to Moshe what it means to be a human being in relationship with God, and that there are boundaries to this relationship. I want us to hold on to God's response to Moshe here, as well as this perspective from the commentators, as we will return to something similar found in the Talmud shortly. Before turning to the Talmud, I want to share a brief reflection on something that comes up for me year after year at the Seder. And it also came up in the Seder that was shown in Extrapolations, hence the episode titled The Fifth Question. 
before we get to Maror and experience the bitterness of slavery through our sense of taste, we explore the suffering our ancestors experienced as part of the Magid section. During the Seder, we are acting out events of the exodus from Egypt, imagining, as we are told to do in every generation, that we ourselves are personally on the journey from slavery to redemption to revelation. And so we have to take some time sitting in the suffering of slavery. As we go through the Magid section, we find ourselves in the Haggadah breaking down the verse from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. Vayareu otanu hamitzrim, vayanunu, vayitnu alenu avoda kasha, which Rabbi Matthew Berkowitz translates as, and the Egyptians did evil to us, afflicted us, and compelled us to do heavy labor. Through matching this verse with other verses from Exodus and the Haggadah, there is an explanation that our suffering included the killing of our male babies, our enslavement, and the harsh labor that was added to the work we were being forced to do. While there is, of course, a lot of interesting commentary on this verse and how it is used in the Haggadah that could take it in different directions, I want to focus on this question this verse brings up about our suffering. For hundreds of years, we suffered in this manner. In continuation of our journey alongside Moshe to try to know our unknowable God, I feel these questions burning inside of me, and I know I am not alone with these burning questions. Did God cause our suffering? Or, if God did not cause our suffering, why did God not stop it sooner? And what is going on with God's prediction to our forefather, Abraham, in Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 and 14, which we also read in the Magid section of the Haggadah, in which God foretells Abraham that his future offspring will be enslaved for hundreds of years, but then God will execute judgment on the nation that will enslave us, and that we will eventually go free. And what is the role of humans in all of this? I want to take us now to the Talmud, which explores these questions of theodicy in a well-known passage found in Masechet, or tractate Menachot, page 29b, in which, in response to a question Moshe asks, God shows Moshe the study hall of Rabbi Akiva. And Moshe learns of Rabbi Akiva's great Torah teaching. Moshe is so impressed with Rabbi Akiva that he asks God why God chose to give the Torah through himself rather than through Rabbi Akiva, to which God responds, Shtok, kach aleh lefanai. Be silent. This intention arose before me. Once again, Moshe asks God a question. Well then, what is the reward for such a learned man of Torah? This time, God shows Moshe a scene of Romans weighing the flesh of Rabbi Akiva in a butcher shop after he had been tortured to death by the Romans. Moshe cries out to God, Master of the universe, this is Torah? And this is its reward? Moshe is essentially asking God how such awful suffering can happen to such a righteous person. Underneath this question are the questions that, as I shared, I find burning within me during the Seder, as well as many other times of the year and of my life. What is God's role and what is our role? To quote the title of Rabbi Harold Kushner's book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And once again, God responds to Moshe, Shtuk, 
Be silent. This intention arose before me. During this year of rabbinical school and multiple classes, we have wrestled with what to do with this response of God to Moshe's question. In one class, we read Rabbi Dvorah Weisberg's article, Cold Comfort, a feminist reading of Moshe in the Beit Midrash of Rabbi Akiva. She writes, what if even God cannot always find pleasure in the outcome of God's decisions? Perhaps, she wonders, we might view God as a God who takes the risk of engaging with imperfect human beings, and as such, God, and, and, and as such, God must sometimes accept the pain of decisions, particularly the decision to allow us free will that led to horrors. Rabbi Weisberg continues to explore how we might find any comfort in this understanding, and as the title of her article indicates, the comfort she finds is, as she puts it, a cold comfort, but there is her feminist reading of this piece of Talmud, which does provide some comfort. There are also many other ways of unpacking God's response to Moshe, such as one that can be related to the theme of Torah lishma, learning Torah for its own sake, without any expectation of reward for doing so. I want to note the similarity between God's response to Moshe in Kitisa, Lo lirot et panai ki lo yirani ha'adam v'chai, and God's response to Moshe in Menachot 29b. Shtok, kach b'machshava lefanai. Both responses speak to our humanity in our relationship with God and in our ability, or lack thereof, to know God or to understand things that happen in God's worlds, in God's world, such as when bad things happen to good people or when suffering happens at all. There is a powerful connection that is made back in the extrapolations episode, the fifth question, that connects to how we might understand God's response to Moshe in the Talmud, and I would argue that it can connect to our understanding of God's similar response to Moshe in Kitisa. Alana, the bat mitzvah student, and Rabbi Zucker have the following conversation, beginning with Alana asking Rabbi Zucker these questions of theodicy. If God loves us, why not intervene? Why so much suffering? Moses, he asked God the same question you have. Why so much suffering? And if you're powerful, why not stop it? Rabbi Zucker replies, hinting at Menachot 29b. And did God give him an answer? Yeah, he did. What was it? Basically, it was, I tell you, but you wouldn't understand because you're a human and I'm God. That's it? That's the answer? Being human? Yeah, it has to be. I think the answer is, it's up to us. As we move through the special time we are in now, including the rest of Cholamoid Pesach, the end of Yom Tov of Pesach, and the time of the counting of the Omer, may we remember that we have a role to decrease the suffering in this world. And even if we do it just by a little bit, Dayenu. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, 
go to tbala.org.